Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from the Rogers Center in Toronto. It's the Toronto Blue Jays 8, the Cleveland Guardians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. However, Saturday afternoon game, I actually had to work an event. I was filming all day. I barely heard any of this game. Checked my phone a couple of times. I guess I picked the right game, though, to skip, because uh, the Toronto Blue Jays basically flipped the script against us. Everything I talked about uh, on Friday night's game, except for great defense, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays do that against us. They get lots of pop from their lineup. Their pitching is pretty rock solid, and... Uh, but they uh, and their bullpen comes in and does a fantastic job, uh, starting with Yimmy Garcia striking out the side uh, with the bases loaded in the sixth. So uh, those phases of the game, uh, they dominate us. The the only thing Toronto didn't do was play great defense, and it almost bit them in the butt in the sixth inning, almost, almost. But man, we could not finish that rally. Uh, I mean, I can't believe that Yumi Garcia comes in and strikes out the side. After hitting a batter and letting that run in in the sixth inning, he comes in and strikes out the side. That can't happen. It can't happen. You got to find a way to get a sack fly at least. Yeah, Okay, look, if you load the bases and you only get two runs out of it or something like that, and they come via hit by pitch and a sack fly like... I'll probably we'd probably all still complain that nobody got a base hit, but like at least score some runs the ugly way, right? At least find some ugly runs with the bases loaded. Uh, you know, you just knocked their starter out of the game. Finally, you'd been struggling against him all day, and uh, yeah, it, you you can't let that happen as an offense. You can't. It's Jimenez, Gabriel Arias, and Tyler Freeman, and we're gonna go through those at bats, but. I'm going to try to find the positive on the day. Uh, it definitely wasn't our pitching. Logan Allen gets pretty lit up. Four innings pitched, six hits, five earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts, a home run given up, a big one to Davis Schneider. Uh, on 62 pitches, he is hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times on only 62 pitches. So you imagine if he keeps going deeper into this game, that number is just going to continue to climb. Uh, Guardians pitching as a whole gave up 14 hard hit balls, uh, as opposed to Toronto, which only gave up eight. And, uh, you can see the difference, uh, that turned into a lot of hits and a lot of runs. I mean, eight runs on 11 hits as opposed to three runs on five hits for Cleveland's offense. Um, so nobody out of the bullpen really has a great game. Uh, nobody in the lineup really has a great game. We get a couple of solo home runs here. Jose Ramirez's home run in the first inning was nice. I mean, he absolutely destroyed the ball. Uh, Hits it at 104.2 miles per hour, 34-degree launch angle, 391 feet, uh, 30 out of 30 ballparks to left field. Uh, What was the pitch? I believe, I believe, if memory serves correct, it was a hanging changeup. Nope, it was a a high fastball. Uh, What am I? You know what? (laughs) Here's why. Because Ryu throws his fastball at like 87 miles per hour. That That's what it was. That's I, I saw the highlight. I knew it was an 80 mile per hour something pitch. That's why I guessed changeup. Nope. It's just a Ryu fastball at 87.8. 
But yeah, he threw it middle of the plate, upper quadrant, and uh, Ramirez turned on. It's nice to see him have that pop from the right side of the plate still. Uh, even though the batting average isn't great from the right side of the plate, to be able to hammer this ball, his 20th home run of the season, okay, yeah, so maybe this ends up being like a 25 homer season for Ramirez. Uh, you know, it's it's all right. That's, that's pretty good uh, for the um, really the only power hitter in our lineup. Uh, and then Tyler Freeman gets his first home run ever. This would be uh, in the uh, in the fifth inning. Let me try to find that at bat. First pitch curveball, and that curveball had been wicked all day. So you know, you know, uh, not only was that slow fastball hard to hit, um, we had an average exit. Now the bunt, I'm sure the sack bunt probably has something to do with this, but the average exit velocity off his forcing fastball was 77 miles per hour. Come on, guys. That's not great. Um, the curveball had a 57% whiff rate. He didn't throw it that often, only 13 times. I know he strikes out Andres Jimenez with that curveball because it made pitching ninjas, it got pitching ninjas' attention on Twitter, and I saw that highlight. I wanted to tweet something back in defense of Andres Jimenez because he did hit a home run off a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Right, he did hit a home run yesterday off a hundred mile per hour fastball. So within twenty four hours, to make the adjustment from a hundred mile per hour fastball to trying to hit a sixty, I think it was like a sixty six mile per hour sweeping curveball, looping curveball. That's tough. I I think Andres Jimenez, and you know, I looked up on his uh, on his baseball reference page. They have that stat where they'll show you what he's like versus a power pitcher versus an average power finesse pitcher versus a finesse pitcher, which I think Ryu, we can all agree, uh, is a finesse pitcher. And uh, yeah, he is a he has more home runs. Andres Jimenez has more home runs off of finesse pitchers, eight home runs to only three off power pitchers. But he's got a better batting average off power pitchers. He's uh, He's got a 265 batting average. Uh, a much better on base percentage, uh, 356 on base percentage. Versus finesse pitchers, he's a 231 hitter with a 295 OPS uh, on base. 295 on base. Sorry, on base. Uh, the OPSs are actually pretty similar. Uh, 774 OPS against power, 718 OPS against finesse because he does have a lot of home runs and doubles off those finesse pitchers. So when he does make contact, it's for extra bases, but he's not making contact that often as he is against power pitchers. And the, the OPS plus is the perfect example of this. He's a 127 OPS plus against power pitchers. He's an 84 OPS against finesse pitchers. By the way, he's terrible against the average pitcher, apparently. He's a 67 OPS plus against the average pitchers. So I, I don't I don't know what happens in the middle there. But, um, so yeah, so I'm not surprised he, uh, he goes down. He has his most strikeouts against the finesse pitchers. 23 strikeouts to power pitchers, 29 strikeouts to average pitchers, 40 strikeouts to finesse pitchers, which he's faced the most. Uh, I guess there's just more guys that throw nice and easy than there are guys that throw hard. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's a long way of saying uh, Ryu struck out Jimenez uh, with a looping curveball. But we weren't talking about that. We were talking about Tyler Freeman. So let's bring this all the way back around to the positive, which is Tyler Freeman hits his uh, 
First major league home run. Uh, it's a curveball, kind of at the knees, but middle of the plate. And he goes down and gets it. And, and you would expect a pitch like this, maybe he would have a pretty high launch angle. But no, 28-degree launch angle, 96.4 mile per hour exit velocity, 28-degree launch angle, 364 feet out to the um, out to the Toronto bullpen uh, there in left field. Only 12 out of 30 ballparks it would have been a home run in. In Cleveland, it would have been off the wall. Off that 19-foot wall. So we were looking at a double if this was in Cleveland. Uh, but it does make it out in Toronto. Uh, now, the problem was he hit it in the Blue Jays' bullpen, which caused a little bit of controversy because someone from the bullpen staff just handed it up to a kid in the stands, like a 10-year-old kid or something like that. And the kid starts to run up the aisle with the ball. And luckily, uh, security didn't have to like go hunt this 10-year-old kid down. Um, they were able to get his attention. He came back down. Uh, somebody realized the mistake that it was Freeman's first home run. So the, the word got to them quickly that it was Freeman's first home run. Don't give up that ball. So they were able to get the kid's attention before he got lost in the crowd. They swapped balls. They gave him a different ball and, uh, Freeman gets his souvenir, right? His first major league home run, almost some controversy there. So, uh, funny little moment in the game. But, I mean, congrats to Tyler Freeman. And I would say if everybody's struggling to hit that curveball, good job of Freeman of uh, going down and getting and barreling up that curveball and swinging at one in the zone. You know, that's a problem. A lot of these swing and miss were curveballs out of the zone. And uh, so uh, at least he got one in the zone here and was able to do some damage with it. But, I mean, that... That's kind of all the positives. Like, I don't know what was up with this lineup. You got Cole Calhoun leading off playing first base. Like, I get you're giving Quan the day off. Let let Tyler Freeman try to hit lead off. Let Andres Jimenez try to hit lead off. Like, what are you doing with Cole Calhoun hitting lead off? That makes no sense. Ah, uh, and. and yeah, so uh, the lineup was pretty garbage on the day. Uh, Andres Jimenez and Gabriel Arias combined as your five and six hitters to go 0 for 8 with six strikeouts combined at three apiece. I mean, that's just, that kills you in the middle of the lineup. You can't have that from your fifth and six hitters. Meanwhile, their fifth and six hitters are Schneider and Danny Jansen, the catcher. They combined to go four for six on the day with, uh, well, it's all Davis Schneider, let's be honest. Uh, Danny Jansen had a, a, a single and scored a run. But Schneider went nuclear from the fifth hole. Uh, a double and a homer, three RBIs and a walk. Uh, he had himself a great day. Davis Schneider, if you don't know who he is, uh, he was the uh, Blue Jays' 13th ranked prospect this season. Uh, looks like he got his call up. Uh, I believe he got his call up. Uh, Around the beginning of August, uh, in a three-game set against Boston, where he went, I mean, nuclear, nuclear against Boston. Uh, I, in that series, he collects nine hits in 13 at-bats. Then he comes to Cleveland and faces us for three games and went ice cold. We shut him down. Uh, he doesn't have a hit against us. But clearly, he's uh, found his swing. He, made, he got his revenge against us in this game. Uh, so he's kind of a utility guy for them who's playing second base. In his bio, it, nothing really pops on the scouting report except for power. They graded him at a 55 power. That's his best attribute, and that's what he showed here. I mean, 
he was mashing home runs in AAA, and he's continuing to hit homers here in the majors. So uh, that's who Davis Schneider is. If you hear the Toronto, uh, you know, in the highlights and things, if you hear Toronto uh, announcers or Toronto writers making a big deal about him, that's why. He's a recent call-up, probably going to be some kind of super utility guy for them, but can mash, can absolutely mash. Um, so, yeah, so uh, let's get into the negatives here. Uh, cause that's, that's all the positive. There weren't that many positives in this game with only five hits. There's only so, so many positives I can, uh, I can pull on. I mean, it was nice to see Cody Morris with two shutdown innings. He, he struggled and, uh, Marlon Marlins our only emailer again today. Yeah. Come on people. You gotta get those emails in. You, you gotta, it, I mean, Marlon is happy to hold the, you know, carry the bucket for the emailers, but uh, there's got to be some other people out there that's got some opinions on this team. I know you're listening still, people. I know you're listening, morning people. I want, I, come on, I got to hear from you. I got to get some emails in here. Uh, but uh, Marlon uh, called this out. He said he, he very frustrated with Tito. Um and when it comes to Cody Morris, uh, he said he'd pitched two innings without surrendering a run and had already thrown 38 pitches. If Karinchek had started the inning with a clean slate, he probably could have gotten out of the seventh unscathed. Toronto put the game away at this point. We saw Tito do this in the first game against the Rays uh, where he left uh, Xavier Curry in too long. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, he's got some serious problems with uh, putting Cody Morris in a position to fail, as he says. And I can't argue with Marlon in this one because uh, Morris survives the fifth, survives the sixth. I mean, he uh, a leadoff double to Bo, Pichette, to Bo Bichette in the fifth, and he doesn't come around to score. A pop-out, a fielder's choice, and then a walk to Davis Schneider before striking out Danny Jansen. He gets out of the fifth. Then in the sixth inning, it's two out back-to-back walks to Varsho and Whit Merrifield. He turns the lineup over to face Bichette again, who just doubled off him last inning, and this time he strikes Bichette out. That's a good day's work for a relief pitcher. Now, I went and looked. It's not like he was starting in the minors. Uh, In his last three minor league appearances in August, he had gone long into games. I wish I had the numbers pitched. I wish. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, StatCast won't give it to me. MLB.com's game logs won't give it to me. I don't know how many pitches he threw in these three minor league appearances. He does go three and two-thirds of relief baseball against the St. Paul Saints uh, at the beginning of August. Then he goes an inning and two-thirds where he kind of gets shelled against uh, the Toledo Mudhens. Against the Syracuse Mets, his final appearance before getting called back to Cleveland, he does go two innings of shutout baseball with three strikeouts. A very solid relief appearance there. So he was giving you long relief appearances this August for Columbus. I don't know how many pitches he was throwing. I don't know if they were trying to stretch him back out or anything like that. But yeah, two innings of work out of the bullpen. It's good work. Your bullpen, your middle relief guys were well rested. There was no reason that Cody Morris, especially because you were you were starting to climb back into this game, right? You you did give Ryu a, a heck of an inning before uh, you know, Andres Jimenez, Gabriel Arias, and Tyler Freeman strike out, you know, to end that threat. It was a five to three game. That's a tight ball game. Why are you pushing Cody Morris as hard as you're pushing Cody Morris? Doesn't make any sense. And he ends up getting uh, shelled uh, by the heart of the order 
to uh, start that seventh inning. A single from Guerrero, a double from Springer, Schneider with a single, Danny Jansen's hit by a pitch. So they they start to rally, and they turn it into a three-run seventh inning. That blows the game wide open. Eight to three deficit. We were never going to come back on this day from an eight to three deficit. So yeah, uh, going to uh, let's take a look at how that sixth inning ended because we got to talk about Yimmy Garcia coming in and uh, striking out the side. So Ryu gets in trouble. Their defense puts them in some serious trouble. Uh, errors made on the infield. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, so Jose Ramirez gets on an error by Matt Chapman. Uh, just boots one coming across to his left. Gonzalez gets on an error by Espinal. So, the, I mean, the left side of their defense is falling apart. They go to Yimmy Garcia on the third pitch. He hits Ramon Laureano to drive in that lone run in the inning. Then Andres Jimenez, <sighs> Gabriel Arias, and Tyler Freeman all go out of the strike zone and chase pitches from Yimmy Garcia. He lays off a curveball the way, but then can't resist a curveball inside off the plate. It's at the knees, but it's inside off the plate. He swings at it for the first strike of the at-bat. After fouling off a changeup after a fastball that way away, he comes right back to the exact same location with the curveball that he got strike one on, and he swings through it for a second time to strike out in the at-bat. He did not have to. I understand the lefty wants that inside pitch, but he did not have to chase this curveball. He goes out of the strike zone twice and strikes out with the bases loaded. Then uh, Gabriel Arias uh, chases. Uh, it's a uh, curveball at the knees uh, that he chases for a swinging strike for strike one. This is a fine pitch to swing at. It's right at the knees, right at the bottom of the strike zone. Then chases a fastball up at the top of the strike zone. Frankly, I like what Yimmy Garcia is doing here. Another fastball misses way, uh, way up with it at his head. Uh, that he lays off, but then comes back down with a curveball, working high and low fastball curveball. I mean, this is the we've seen Karinchek use this to success. This is, this is a good combo here, and he gets him to chase way off the plate, way down out of the strike zone, and chase a nasty curveball for strike three. Then Tyler Freeman, he's chasing that high fastball. Unfortunately, uh, he's chasing twice actually. Uh, a two-seamer on the inside edge that he swings through for strike one, fouls off another one off the plate. Lays off a curveball away, but then chases the exact same pitch. It's not as far off the plate, but two curveballs has no business swinging at. He follows that one off, and then he goes high with the fastball, and he goes way up the ladder and chases it for strike three. So three absolutely awful, terrible at-bats, swinging at pitches out of the strike zone, not even challenging Yimmy Garcia to get that curveball in the strike zone, and they strike out with the bases loaded. Do you think our hitters were a little bit anxious? With the bases loaded to try to do some damage, you think? I mean, you think these guys wanted a little too hard? You've got to, sl- man. We needed, uh, we really needed Quan in their ear at this point, telling them to breathe and to slow down and to be patient. That's what I mean. Quan, Quan's going to be a hitting coach one day. With that approach, with with the way he can kind of calm himself down and center himself and foul off pitches and working at bat. And no matter how long Stephen Kwan's playing career is, you got to imagine he's going to make a fantastic hitting coach one day. And the whole team is going to be out there before the game when the stadium's empty doing meditations uh, and calming themselves down. Because you can see in this inning right here, you can see exactly what happens to hitters when they get too anxious and they can't calm themselves down and they can't slow the game down for themselves. 
they swing at pitches out of the zone. They chase. They strike out ugly. So, uh, I mean, that's a, a huge moment in the game. I, I, it's it's a three to two, a three to five game, a two run deficit. You got the bases loaded and nobody out. And what did the win probability line look like at that moment? I, you were back to almost 50-50. When Ramon Laureano gets hit, it's a 54% win probability in Toronto's favor. So you're 4% off a of center there. You're basically back to a 50-50 game. And those strikeouts just absolutely... By the time Tyler Freeman strikes out, it's back to an 85% win probability in favor of the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, man. Um... So, yeah, so I, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I, I don't want to just keep hammering and hammering all the negatives in this game. I mean, Logan Allen, he, he did not go well for him here. His fastball was hammered. Uh, they put the fastball in play 12 times. He only got two whiffs on it, only three called strikes. It's a 16% CSW on that fastball with an average exit velocity of 94.8. They were hammering that fastball. The changeup was still solid. They didn't put a changeup in play. They only swung it at four times. He couldn't really locate it that great. But um, you know, a lot of the hits, if you go to the results tab on Illustrator, everything, everything is middle of the plate. The uh, home run to David Schneider is middle up. I mean, nearly the same zone that uh, Jose Ramirez's home run was in that we were talking about. So, I mean, you're throwing a meaty fastball here at 90 miles per hour. Middle up, and Schneider hammers it. The uh, the two doubles he gave up were both from the middle of the plate. Everything, some were high, some were low, but every hit he gave up was middle of the plate. The the two doubles Cody Morris gives up in the uh, seventh inning. Oh, one was to Bo Bichette to lead off the fifth. Cutters, middle of the plate. Dead center of the plate. Uh, yeah, so everything they were hitting was stuff that was in the middle of the plate on the day. So yeah, yeah, you gotta locate better. You gotta work those edges better, especially if you're not. You're only throwing 90 miles per hour, and there's just too much stuff uh, from Logan Allen in the middle of the plate here. And then he's not locating that changeup very well. He missed off the plate a lot with it. Uh, so yeah, so not the best day for Logan Allen. Um, all right, let's wrap things up. I I, I don't want to beat him up any more than we have to here. Uh, it was a terrible lineup construction from uh, not, not only that, we had our favorite combo hitting eight and ninth, Cam Gallagher and B- Miles Straw. Cam Gallagher, of course, it's a double, but actually gets stranded at third base. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I don't know what was going on with this lineup. I get that Quan does need days off. I get that Brennan is nursing an injury right now, but you don't want to take him, put him on the IL. So uh, hopefully, hopefully Francona comes up with something a little better for today. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Uh, coming up, we got some more day baseball, and Syndergaard is back on the mound against Kikuchi, who might have the funnest name in baseball to say. Uh, so we'll see if the Guardians, hey, they can still go win a series. They can still go win a series. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Please let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on a, on a, on a storyline, on a topic, on an individual player, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.